Hi, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 Podcast. I am your host, April Hanna. At the Path 11 Podcast, we are here trying to deliver leading-edge research on consciousness, healing, and metaphysics. And just like you, we are trying to answer the big questions about life. Who are we? Why are we here? And what is our purpose? We hope by listening to our podcast, it will make each day you live on Earth a little easier to understand. And now for today's podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. I have a very interesting guest today, and we are going to speak about something that I don't think I have covered yet on the podcast. Now, you all know that I have had many mediums on, so I know you're all familiar with what mediumship is, and people love to go and see their mediums and connect with their loved ones. But this medium that I am interviewing today does something called psychic surgery. So I learned a little bit about this in one of my healing trainings, but it definitely wasn't enough for me to ever feel comfortable in trying it out, although I had an interesting experience that I'm going to share with our guest and see what he thinks. But my guest today, his name is Chris Ratter. He is a spiritualist medium working with a specialist branch of trance healing known as psychic surgery. So we're also going to learn a little bit about trance healing and what the difference is or if there's a difference. Living in Edinburgh, he is currently the only psychic surgeon residing in Scotland. He runs healing circle clinics, trance mediumship and healing workshops, and delivers talks and demonstrations on these subjects in Scotland, England, and the Republic of Ireland. So Chris, welcome to the Path Loving Podcast. Thank you, April. Thank you very much for allowing me to come on to your your podcast and just to discuss my type of mediumship. Yes. So yeah, I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about this type of mediumship because I don't think any of the mediums I've interviewed have talked about it. So, but I would like to learn just a little bit more about you. I always love to hear about people's stories and how people came to actually start doing this type of work full time. And just to like hear a little bit about your own psychic journey and how you discovered your gifts. I suppose my gift is maybe a little bit different from other people. I can't really say that when I was a child, I seen lots and lots and lots of spirit activity. I did have some spirit activity around the bulk me and was aware of certain things, but it wasn't until I reached the age of 38 year old that things started to manifest for me. And then I could look back in, you know, obviously to my past and realize and connect the dots that would make sense, you know? But I know there's lots of mediums that have lots of experiences all through their childhood. You know, but right, I'm, yeah. I'm one of these mediums that never really had that, to be very truthful. There were certain things that took place, like I said, but I wasn't really a full on, if you understand, didn't understand it. But when I hit the age of about 38 year old, I used to drive a taxi. It was a night shift Hackney taxi driver in Edinburgh. And when I would come in in the morning, I very often would see a young boy standing at the top of my stairs, which I thought was about the same age as my son, but I could never, I would just see him on, on the, catch him on the side of my eye, you know? And then he would run, obviously, disappear. And I would very often go up the stairs, go to my son's room and have a look in to make sure he was okay to see if he was up. But he was always sleeping, you see? Mm-hmm. And this went on for quite some time. And then when I would go to my bed in the evening, as soon as I closed my eyes, I would see a white light. So there was a white light that would appear, but it was a bright light. Someone was holding a torch and shining a torch into my eyes. And then, of course, when I opened my eyes, the white light would disappear. And then, of course, when I would close my eyes, the white would reappear open my eyes, disappear. And I actually thought it was my son. I thought, you know, being the, of a mischievous age, I thought he was coming into the room and putting the light switch on. And just a young, young child. So I'd very often get out of my bed, go through and check him, make sure everything was okay. 
see if I could catch him, but he was always sleeping. And then one evening when this had been going on for months and months and months and months, and I wasn't sleeping a lot, to be honest with you, because this light was constantly there. And I uh, disturbed my sleep pattern. And then one evening I heard a voice. He said to me, I'm speaking to you. And I thought, oh my goodness, and I opened my eyes. When I opened my eyes, there was a lady standing at the bottom of my bed. And of course, I was quite fearful of it. And the lady walked through through the bed and turned, was to my right and walked through my door. And it put the fear of God to me, to be honest with you. And I remember jumping across the other side of the bed and all of a sudden me and my wife, she, and she wasn't very amused with that. And then what happened, I said, oh, everything's fine, everything. I said, it's just me. I said, I'm having a bad dream. And then I went back off to sleep and then I heard the lady saying again, I'm speaking to you, but this time I felt I've been strangled. Okay. Oh, wow. So I felt someone was absolutely choking me. And of course I was moving my arm and obviously, you know, disturbed my wife again. And then of course she had says, well, what's going on? You know, and I says, listen, I don't know what's going on. I'm seeing lights. I'm hearing things. I'm seeing things now. I says, there's lots of things happening. I don't understand it. And she says, okay, I'll speak to you tomorrow about it. Obviously trying to get, get a rest. Well, I didn't sleep to be very truthful with you. Right. So this can happen. I was aware of obviously this and this went on. In the morning I spoke to to Gail and Gail says, obviously, you know, I'll speak to you when I come back from work. And I thought, that's fine. And then when she came back from work, I says, I said, I'm not sure if I have a chemical imbalance. I says, maybe I'm suffering from schizophrenia or something. I says, I don't really know. I says, but through the day, as I was having these thoughts, I had the thought of the memory of my grandfather when I was maybe a, a younger man, that he had taken me to a spiritualist church. And he used to take me frequently to them, but, you know, and I, I found it very interesting. But that thought came back into my mind. So obviously that imprint was put there from my grandfather who's now in the, in, in the world of heaven. And then I said to my wife, I think maybe we should go to a spiritualist church first because I'm having this thought. You see, it's maybe maybe not a chemical imbalance. And if it's obviously, if I can't find the answer, we'll go and seek medical help. And I went to a spiritualist church and there's a gentleman who was given, a, a, as your, your audience will understand, given a readings from the, the platform about the loved ones and spirit, all that kind of thing. And then he was saying, I have a gentleman here with two walking sticks, which made reference to a memory of my grandfather. And not to miss the bus. And I didn't understand what, what missing the bus really meant because it was, I find sometimes even with mediums, sometimes the information they give us is a bit cryptic. You know, if you, right. if you understand that, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. you have to try and work it out, out yourself. And then I went, I spoke to the president of the church that evening and she gave me an explanation of what was taking place around the boat you know, with spiritual, but she wasn't a medium. So she could only give me her, her, her understanding of it, but it didn't really answer any questions for me. So when I went home, obviously that evening, back to bed, same thing, closed my eyes, the white light appeared, all the process started again. In the middle of the night, well, even one night when I was there, I felt very, very cold. It was almost like, like someone had opened a, a, a ladder. Do you call it a ladder, a fridge, freezer? A freezer, yeah. Freezer, yeah. yeah. So if someone had opened the freezer door at the side of the bed, it was always cold all the time. You see, like people obviously standing there. And then I remember waking up and thinking, my God, I'm really cold. And I could see my, my bed cover, my duvet cover, which was about a foot and a half or two feet above me. And when I sort of looked in to see what was going on after the initial sort of fright, fright stage, I could see, you know, up, up to the elbow, I could see just like a pair of, pair, pair of arms lifting up the duvet. But someone who had always lifted up the duty was speaking to me, trying, trying to wake me up, you see. Of course, I, I kind of panicked about that. Following night, I went back to another spiritualist church. We're very lucky in, in, in Scotland and in the UK, we have lots of spiritualist churches. So I went to another evening and I watched this lady, he's now sadly passed over to, to the world of spirit recently. 
But she was doing a demonstration with maybe a congregation, I don't know, 40 or 50 people. And she was giving evidence which people were taking. And it was a lovely way that she was putting it across. And then she came to me after the, you know, after the, the event. And she says, well, by the way, she says, can I speak to you? So of course. She says, you're not mad, by the way. And I thought, thank God, because I really thought I was. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She says, you're not mad. She says, what are you doing? She explained to me what happens a certain time in our lives. We emanate a white light, which is like a lighthouse, like a beacon to the spirit world. And those in the spirit side of life are drawn like a magnet to that, to that beacon. And what's happened is my beacon had become activated and those from spirit side of life were coming forward to me. So I, what she said all made sense. And then, of course, my first thing was to say to her was, how do I stop it? You see, I mean, it was, I wasn't sleeping. I was having real, real problems, you see. And she says, what do you do? I'll give you a little exercise, a bubble of energy around the bow you. You push it through, obviously, into your bedroom, you know, so that you say a prayer so that no one can come forward unless they are guides to you or your loved ones from spirit side of life. And I thought, that's wonderful. So I went home that night and I pushed this white light around myself, in my room, through my attic, into my hall, every room and out the door. Out the door. <laughs> I was completely bubbled. <laughs> and it took about a week of doing this exercise constantly and eventually it calmed down. Standing in my sleep, I never lost the light. That would make sense, the light within my eyes. It's a, it's a contact to the, the spirit world. But I, and I always see colour. But I did manage to get asleep. And then, of course, maybe about a week, a couple of weeks after that, I thought to myself, you know, if these people are coming from spirit side of life. There must be a reason for it. If I can control it and sort of understand it, then maybe I could help people. Mm. And that led me on to the path of looking at platform mediumship, which I studied for about a year and a half, maybe two years. In my development before, obviously, the altered state of trance came forward, which was a totally different uh, experience. Yeah. Well, you know, you bring up a couple of really good points. And I think a lot of people who have experiences like this or begin to awaken on their spiritual path, many of us will feel like, I'm crazy. Who can I talk to? Am I experiencing a chemical imbalance? Do I need to go and see a doctor? Many people do. Many people get put on medication. So, you know, I think it's important too to kind of, you know, try to figure that out. Is it more of a spiritual awakening or is there really something that is going on, you know, chemically or mentally? But I have found that most people that I talk to, it's really more something connected to their spiritual path and spiritual awakening. I had a similar experience when I was in my 20s of people showing up at my bed. And it was when I was first starting my spiritual path too, but it freaked me out. I mean, people of all different kinds. One time I remember I had four doctors on the side of me that were on the bed, but I'd wake up and it would feel like a night terror, but I I really saw them. And I went to my healer and she said, yeah, I got to place boundaries around them. You know, they're probably very, they're coming to talk to you. And I did the same thing. I went home that night. I was like, you're not allowed to come here. I'm sleeping, you know, because I was scared. But now, you know, it's kind of like now that I understand that it's not as fearful, you kind of almost like enjoy that contact more because you're, I have a better understanding of what that is. So why don't you tell me a little bit more about trance healing and how you kind of went from mediumship into trance healing. What is trance healing and how does that tie into psychic surgery? How it uh, come about? I mean, I'd been studying for about two years, looking at obviously mental mediumship or pla- platform mediumship. And then one evening, I think it's interesting how you mentioned the boundary a bit, because I will, I will mention that very shortly. But what happened is, as I was sitting in the group and the lady, it's maybe about five or six of us in this group or seven of us in this group. And the lady took us down into this altered state, which is just obviously to invite for, for platform mediumship, to invite them forward. 
And then when I was, I was obviously, you know, going down, I felt this energy come forward. I had never felt this energy before, but you know, when you're developing, you're, you, you must be very open to the spirit world and things. Cause yeah, you, you say a prayer for protection. So when this energy had came forward, I, my body started to react to it. What I started to do was I started to shake quite violently. And the only way I can explain it to people is it, it, it maybe a feeling like hypothermia. Although I've never had hypothermia, but my understanding of what hypothermia is, how the body reacts, or maybe if you have a, I know, maybe a, a, an infection or something, and your body reacts to it. You see, so I, I shake very, very violently for about 20 minutes. And all I could hear was the lady in the, in the group. Now, I'd been in this group for about a year and a half, and this lady would shout to me, to me saying, it's okay, you're, it's, it's trance. Well, nobody had told me what transmediumship was. I didn't understand that. It had never been mentioned to me in the years and a year and a half of development. Nobody had mentioned trance. As she says, but it felt like the lady was in the next room. So she was, there was a great distance between me and the lady, although she was only maybe sitting maybe four or five feet from me within the, within the circle, the circle group. But she felt like she was a great distance from me. And I, and I shook violently for about 20 minutes. I couldn't stop it. It was uncontrollable. Okay. And I could hear them. I could hear members of the group. You always hear, you know, when you do any type of mediumship or you go into any, any depths, even in the physical, you still hear, obviously, you know, obviously you're trained. So I could hear the voices. And then when I eventually managed to obviously come back, but I felt the energy leave me, then the lady says to me, it's okay, it's trance. Well, I didn't know what trance was. She, and she, she explained to me then that she had been a trance medium for 30 years. So she understood it. So the wonderful thing about what the spirit world do is to bring these situations to us where there's someone there can understand it very often. So although I was reacting badly to it, the lady and the other group members that were there understood what was going on. They understood the blending of, of the energy of trance with the person that come forward. So although I was safe, although I didn't think I was safe because I didn't know what was going on, I had no control over this, you see. And what she did is she explained to me that what happens is those spirits outside of life are trying something a little bit different. So what they're doing, instead of you opening up your vibration and expanding your auric field to touch into the energy of the spirit world as they come forward, do spiritual, you know, to do platform work. What happened is your energy is, had stayed and they had actually come into your energy. So they had drawn closer to you. So they'd actually merged into your auric field. And when the energy of, of the gentleman or the person who had come forward had blended with me, it was too strong for me at this stage. I didn't understand it. So she, instead of them toning it down, they had just decided just to come in and my body had reacted to it. So, she gave me the explanation. I thought that's wonderful, but I didn't understand it. it didn't really make a hell of a lot of sense to me, to be honest with you. I mean, I went home and spoke to Gail and, and mentioned to Gail obviously what was taking place. She went, oh, "Okay, you never clue either." To be honest with you, was, <laughs> you know. Right. Yeah. And then I uh, went to bed that evening, and obviously, and I thought, you know, and then of course, what happened is the lady had said to me at at the group before I went home. You must set your boundaries with the spirit world, just like you had mentioned boundaries. But I thought, you know, I've been a year and a half, two years, you know, obviously developing, you know, even within the spiritual field, obviously, the platform mediumship. And nobody had mentioned anything about boundaries to me. And it is important, like you say, to set your boundaries. You tell the spirit world, you know, if it doesn't agree with you, you're not willing to accept it because they will adjust it for you. So it makes it easier for you and your mediumship. Right. So anyway, I went home that evening, I went to bed, everything was fine. Gail didn't have a clue what trance was. I didn't have a clue what trance was. And then in the early hours of the morning, I felt the energy coming back towards me. So, you know, in the morning. 
And I remember jumping out of the bed and I remember, and I do remember saying a few sweary words to the, to the spirit world, you know, because they were blending with all my permission as far as I was concerned, you know? So I was shouting and bawling at the, at the person who had come forward. It was just my ignorance, really. They weren't trying to hurt me. They were just trying to experiment with me, that's all. Got on the phone to the medium uh, who ran the group and says, listen, this just happened again. This person has come forward. They're trying to feel like I can feel the energy. And she, I says, what did I do? She says, ah, you'll be fine. I'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs> oh, oh my God, I'm on my own. So yeah. I, didn't, I didn't meditate. I didn't sit with the spirit world for about another five or six days. I just didn't do it. You know, I, I was fearful of it. You know, I thought, if this energy comes and I have it in my own home or whatever, I really don't know what to do. And then when I went to the group the following week, the lady says, okay, what, what we're going to do, Chris, is we're going to invite the spirit world to come forward and blend with you. And I thought, fine. And then, of course, we went down into a meditative state, into that, into the, you know, the blending process. The person came forward from the spirit side of life and he blended once again. But the energy this time still shook me, but it wasn't as violent. So they had, they had adjusted it or were adjusting it. And I sat in, in this gym for a while and then it just led to, to a world of discovery, to be honest with you. An energy of love, of unconditional love that came to me that I have never looked back, to be honest with you. You know, absolutely bloody wonderful. You know, excuse me, thank you. You know, but it, it really is. It's a, a wonderful, 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 wonderful experience. So obviously for me, for, for trance, it did it change my whole life. And then what happened was after about maybe about two years or maybe three years of developing into the altered state and going to law, I mean, I, I had a hunger. Even today, I have a hunger. You know, to learn, you know, and it's a spirit world to usually teach us, you know, student, you know, the, your tutors and all these things, although we help people, but we work on behalf of the spirit world also. And we try to give you the best connection to the spirit world through the guidance of the spirit world. But if you understand that. So anyway, I went to a, a group one day and this gentleman came forward, I was in an altar state and he came forward and he was speaking through me in, the, in this workshop. And he was telling us about the wonderful, you know, of, of, of the world of healing and how certain things have really been forgotten about. Healing really has sort of taken a back, a little bit of a back step. You know, people want platform mediumship all the time. They want to hear from their loved ones and all that kind of thing. But really healing is the pinnacle of mediumship where everything falls underneath healing. Because even if you give a message from the platform, you are giving healing to that person. You're healing the mind, the heart, you're counseling them. So it all falls under that. So this gentleman came forward and told us the wonderful achievements of what we've done with healing how important it was to him, you know, the matter of healing. But I didn't know who the gentleman was, you see. And then this other gentleman came forward and he started talking about, show, show me pictures in my mind, you understand that we have your clear vision. But obviously of operations and you know, how things were important to him. And it didn't make sense to me, to be honest with you, because I enjoyed the world of trance, but I wanted to be, you know, a platform major. And that was really my intention, if you, you know, to bring out, to give that counsel to people to say that your loved ones are fine in heaven. And then it came forward, and then the tutor says to me, when we had a break, he said, do you know who's with you? And I said, no, I don't. He says, I'm not going to tell you who's with you, he says. For very often with the spirit world, and you understand this, sometimes people come to help from the spirit side of life. Other people come to work with you for a long time. Some come for a short time. He says, we have no control over them. He says, I'm not sure what the gentleman's here for. He says, maybe just to help you or to help with a little bit with his energy. He says, or to here to work with you. He says, but we'll see what happens. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm okay with that. So I went back later on, we sat back in the group. The gentleman came forward and once again, he started speaking about healing and lots of other things. And then all of a sudden he showed me a nameplate 
And when it had, it had Mr. Then it had E-D-W. And I thought, Edwards. And then, of course, the name came into my mind. I just, is this Harry Edwards, the healer? Because it was all about healing and the wonderful healing and how, you know, he followed that path of healing and all these things. And I thought, so I listened to what he was saying and I went to the tutor after it when obviously we broke again for another break. And I says to him, I says, listen, I says, is this gentleman that's with me Harry Edwards? And he says to me, yes, it is. He says, but don't tell anybody. He says, let's see what happens. He says, keep it to yourself. He says, when very often in mediumship, you know, lots of people have or want prominent figures from the past. I didn't care, to be honest with you. Didn't really matter to me if, if, if the person that came to work me was called Billy George, Emma, whatever. Because they're, they're, they're trained in spirit side of life, if you understand. You know, to come forward and work with your energy because your energy is compatible with them. But the, I, and I was very, very privileged and very honoured that this gentleman was always was having a look and obviously speaking through me at that time. And then, of course, you know, I thought, well, I didn't take anything, you know, ever 100% on what a medium says, if you understand, especially with guides. For to me, guides have to prove themselves to you. You understand? And not so much as, as they may, you may never get the name of your guide. We understand that but they have to prove that they're there. You see, I know that somebody says to you, you've got a lady behind you because it means nothing until that lady connects with you, if you understand, in my mind, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, that led me on, on, on to healing, to sitting and to blending with these people and doing lots and lots of different things. But it also started, you know, for quite some time of me uh, sort of disagreeing with Harry Edwards because he had come forward to healing and I wasn't the healer, you see? I had no intentions of doing healing. I wanted to do platform mediumship. I wanted to do trance, look into the physical side of mediumship, and I wanted to have ectoplasma. So I wanted to have trumpets flying around the room. I wanted materialization. That's what I was going to do because that's what I had in my mind, you see. Yeah. And I, I, so when the healing came along, I thought, I'm not doing healing. And I, and I argued with him. And it really was my ignorance because I didn't understand what healing was. You see, when I really, very often when we go to a spiritualist church, is when they would do a healing circle, is they maybe put a row of chairs in a, in a half circle or a circle, and then you would have members of the congregation of the healing site, they would stand up and they would do healing. And very often in the churches I went to, I think, you know, like the, the membership age was probably 65, 70 to begin with. So I thought, I'm too young to do that, you understand? But it was, it was my ignorance more than anything, you understand? I just didn't understand it. And then we, I argued with him for, for months. He kept saying to me, you're going to do healing. I'm saying, I'm not doing healing. She, I'm not a healer. You know, you need to pick somebody else. And thank you very much. And all this kind of thing. And then what happened was I was in a cabinet one night with a group and he came forward and he spoke to the group about the importance of healing and how it was lost and lots of things that were needed and required and all these things. Well, after that conversation, because I could listen, I could hear, because it's a myth where people go to an altered state that you can't hear. That's, that's, not, that's not true, I can assure you. You can hear. So... I listened to what was being said, and after that conversation, I accepted. I knew then I could understand what he was actually trying to do through me or trying to say or what he was trying to help. And I thought that was wonderful. And then I looked at, you know, obviously, I was working quite integrally with people behind closed doors. One didn't, didn't take it out to the public. I worked with family members, friends, friends of friends, that kind of thing. They would come, and I was working just inside my home, you see, and then one day when I was working with this lady, this lady got in touch with me from the other side of Scotland. And she says to me, you don't know me, I'm a medium. I put my name up, obviously up to the spirit world. Your name has come up. 
She says from the spirit world, she says, and I would like, obviously, if it was possible to come along and get healing. I have a gentleman that's having a problem. He needs to have a leg amputated. He says, but he can't get it done because they can't stop the bleeding through the, through the blood pressure. She says, so they can't operate on him. She says, I'd like to bring him forward. I've been praying, put my name up. Your name's come. She says, I've managed to get your name through other people. And I wasn't out there to the public. You understand? I was just in my home, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd go privately to, to workshops and to do these things. So I wasn't out there working on behalf of the spirit world, or not publicly. And then the lady brought this gentleman along. We did a work with a gentleman. He managed, obviously, after one healing, the spirit world got it under control. He managed to get the operation. His leg was completely shattered, you know, the bone. There was no way that they could repair it, you know? We managed to do that. She came for a healing. The lady, I mean, I sat there. All of a sudden, I felt myself come out my body. So I felt, I was sitting at the end. I often sit with the spirit where we sit at the end, you know, when we're working with the clients, you know, to begin with, to make the connection into the, into the spirit. And all healing must take place with the spirit of the person because, you know, we're dealing with the spirit world. So we make the spirit with my spirit, your spirit, and the spirit, spirit world. So and whatever you carry in the physical body, you also carry it within your physical, your physical, within your spiritual. You understand? Because they are one of the same. Mm. So anyway, I walked with the lady, and all of a sudden, I felt myself move to to the side, and it's the most bizarre feeling, to be honest with you, when you're standing looking at yourself, you know. And then, of course, the gentleman he stood up or whatever. I could see the doctor working, stood up, utilizing my body, which is not a strange experience when you're looking at yourself and seeing yourself move. You see. <laughs> And then what happened was the person popped out the eye of the lady on the spirit. The spirit rose out, out, out of the body. And he, he popped out the eye and put it on a silver tray. And I watched the gentleman dissect the back of the eyeball. And all the bits and bobs. I'm not a doctor, so, you know, so I'm not mentally controlled. And it fascinated me to see it. Obviously, all, all the things that were doing. I thought, goodness me. And then the gentleman lifted it back up and he put it back in the eye and arranged it all. And I mean, I still, I'm doing it now. I can, I can see it, you know. He did this, and I thought, oh my goodness me. And then, of course, he picked up a knife, and then he went across to look at the lady's thyroid, thyroid gland. And then and I felt, obviously, there's all things taking place, and then I felt the person retract from me, you know, and obviously I, I brought myself back. And I thought, oh my goodness me. But I actually thought when this had taken place, I actually thought, have I lost the plot? Just, you know what I mean? I thought, have, have, I, have I just put that into my own imagination? Right. She, mm-hmm. Because I'm doing a trance healing. You know, and obviously the psychic surgery bit has come along. And I thought, and of course, then the lady says to me, because the first thing the lady says to me is, oh my God, she says, I felt as if someone had popped out my left eye. And I thought, oh, well, that was gobsmacked, to be honest with you, you know. Oh my goodness me. She says, and the strangest thing, she says, it must have been some mass murderer I was working with you, because I felt it try to slash my throat as you left. <laughs> <laughs> But a lady could feel what was taking place. Mm. And everything was taking place, if you can understand, 18 inches or two feet above her physical body. And she could feel it. And the operations or whatever they were doing. And they were only experimenting then. I, anyway, you know what I mean? To see what, she, what they could do, obviously, the work. And I thought, oh my goodness me, it was led me on to another, I suppose, another world of, of, of discovery. And what, what psychic surgery is, it's an advancement of trance. That's what it is. Okay, so you can be a trance healer, and trance healing is a wonderful thing. And we often, you know, the spirit world will mix it up between trance healing and psychic surgery, whatever they want to do. Because very often, you know, like, you know, if someone comes with a, a condition maybe within the blood, then they can't operate on blood. 
<laughs> so it has to be a trans healer, it has a trans energy that goes in. But what happens is within, contained within my energies, I'm known as, as, as a deep trance medium or a, a physical medium. So we carry a little bit of, of a quality within our chemical DNA that is very rare, rare, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, okay? And what happens is, is like we with, even with the spirit world, because you carry that quality within you, it's not something that you take for yourself. I never, ever wanted to be a healer, to be honest with you. But I now know the importance of it and the understanding of it, and it has completely changed my world. I mean, we say you were interesting. You say you work in Ireland, and I, and I work in all these places, but it also worked completely across the spectrum of Europe. I'm in Switzerland. I'm in, I'm in Germany. I'm in Sweden. I'm all over, you know, and, and and it's the spirit world and the love of the spirit world and the love of trying to help people that has taken me to these places. So anyway, when, when the psychic surgery, that's what it is. Psychic surgery is an advancement of transmediumship. You must be or have the quality of a physical medium to do psychic surgery. You must have that energy contained within you. And it's not a gift that you take upon yourself. You can't say tomorrow I decided to be a psychic surgeon. It's a gift that's given to you by spirit side of life. And it truly is a wonderful gift and it's a privilege. And it's something you cannot take for yourself. You can go through the motions of want to be a psychic surgeon and you can put your hands above the person and you can do whatever they want you want to do, move your hands or do an operation, whatever you feel is there. But it doesn't take place, you understand? Mm. It's in the mind of the medium. You see, yeah. it has the mind yeah. of the spirit, you see. So, and that, that's really what, what psychic surgery is. It, 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 for me, it, it's an honor. That's what I is. It's a privilege to be able to help people. And that's the way I look at it. But I get the same to the first person that comes to see me when I hold a healing clinic in the morning to the last person in the evening. I give, I do, I go through, I follow the same process. I give myself to the world of spirit. I give myself to my team or to whoever wishes to come forward and work and leave it to them. If I, if you or any other healer, just so your, 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 your listeners understand, if you follow the, you know, the wonderful world of healing on behalf of the spirit world, and someone comes to see you and you maybe have, you know, you know, compassion within your heart for that person. And then what happens is you say to yourself, I have to, I want, I want to cure this. You know, I have to get this done. I want to cure. What you're actually doing is, I know the intentions are right, but you interfere. What happens is you're not allowing the energy to flow freely through you because you're putting your thoughts into that energy. So it's not hundred percent pure. Mm. But it's not because you've tried, you've done anything bad. It's because you have opened yourself with your own thoughts and your desire to try and help that person. So what you have to do is you have to open up to the energy, trust your team, trust the spirit world, trust the energy. I mean, I can't, I can't cure anything. And I'm afraid, you know, April, you, you, you can't cure anything. Right. But the only thing we can do is we can open up to the spirit world, allow them to blend into our energy or, or allow us to become, you know, a conduit for them and allow the energy to connect into the spirit of the person and allow it to take place. And if you do not take the time to connect into the spirit of the, of the, of the client that you're going to work with, then all you're doing is giving a magnetic healing. Mm -hmm. So all you're doing is you're giving your own life force energy, your own, you know, your own auric field, and you're just putting it into that person. And when that person has finished that healing, they'll get out and they'll feel wonderful, you know, because you're giving them a boost of your energy. You'll become tired later on or even after the healing. But you've not, you've not, you've not helped or allowed the energy of the spirit world to see what they can do to cure anything. And then what happens is the person the following day has the same condition just falls back into place. 
Right. It really is about the purity of connecting to the spirit and allowing and trust in those in spirit side of life. The energy belongs to them, not us. The only thing we can be is, is the best channel for them to utilize us in all aspects of mediumship so that they can do and prove. Because the job that you have as a medium and myself is to, is to allow them to prove to the world that they exist and this energy can help. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. Well, that's how my journey into psychic surgery really. So, and I, and I promise you, it has been the most bizarre journey in my life. <laughs> but I have, I have enjoyed it, and I'm still going to enjoy it. I can assure you, the things that I have seen, you know, the feedback that I have had from people with have had conditions. Some people have had conditions twenty odd years, and it's no longer there. I didn't do that. I helped the spirit will to make that contact to try and change that person's life. And very often people come to see us, you know, when there have been tragic things happen in their life, or the or the you know, if especially if they come for a reading, that kind of thing, or they're a bit uncertain of what's going on in their life, all that kind of thing. And you know, we're we're not fortune tellers. You know, we are, you know, you know, spiritual people ourselves, we are, you know, able to link in and do these certain things. And especially with healing and that kind of thing, as all we do is we open up and see what the spirit will can do to change, to help them, to give them a better quality of life. That's all. Right. It's like being the facilitator, getting out of the way of the process that's happening and just allowing spirit to flow through. Yeah, I I feel like I had one experience Mm -hmm. doing a psychic surgery, was not expecting it. And a similar experience like you shared with your client. My case was a woman that I had, you know, known for quite a long time, maybe seven years, really great relationship. And she had her fourth child and was getting ready to have a hysterectomy because there was history of cervical cancer okay. in the family. The mother and two aunts had it. So it was really more of a precaution. She was done having children. And, you know, she was having a lot of just emotional turmoil around it and, you know, not really wanting to have this, but really wanting to make sure that, you know, this cancer didn't come and yeah. and to sustain her life expectancy longer, for, you know, for all of her children. So, you know, I had her come in and she was coming in the day before surgery. And we were just talking about, you know, setting the intention just for, you know, the healing and the recovery to, you know, just be shortened and, you know, mm-hmm. that all all will be well. So just kind of held this intention of love while she was on the table. And while I was working on her, I didn't have necessarily the experience that you had of looking down at myself and seeing myself, mm-hmm. but I was having an experience of doctors working alongside of me. Yeah. And I was just really focusing on love, but I saw them do the surgery. It was like the surgery happened energetically and I'm watching it happen just like you are. And I'm like, is this really happening or is it in my imagination mm-hmm. or am I just thinking, oh, this is probably what a surgery would look like, you know? And I saw them, you know, take everything out and button her back up. And and while her body was open, there was like this, it's so hard to put into words, but this unmistakable, beautiful energy of like golden and white light of unconditional love just pouring, you know, in into that sacral area of her body. And then everything just kind of closed up. And she herself had the shared experience. Now, I wasn't going to say anything because like you, I was like, what did I just see? What just happened? Was this that, you know, and I was trying to process it in the moment. So I was just, I wasn't really going to share anything. And as she got up out of it, she's like, I feel like I just had surgery. I was like, okay, maybe I should share what I experienced. I said, I think you just did. And I had said, you know, I was, you know, had some training in this, 
many, many years ago, but it was just an overview. It wasn't anything like to teach you how to do it. I'm like, I think this is called psychic surgery. And it was a really beautiful experience. And her surgery ended up going great. Her recovery was was great. But it was a very profound experience for me to also have that shared experience with the client, like your client that felt the eye and she felt stuff happening in that area. And she was the one who said, I feel like that whole session, like I just had surgery. So it was, it's only happened once for me. And, but it was, it was really mind blowing. So I can yeah, really relate to, yeah, to your emotions and how you, how you felt about it. So I go ahead. Do you have any comments about that? Yeah. So something very often what happens is when we, you know, when we, we, we have the intention, we've set the intention within our mind and we've invited the spirit world forward that we're going to do a healing like this lady, obviously, you know, but for good intentions is what happens is. You, all of a sudden you go, you close your eyes, you go into the energy, the energy comes around. And what happens, believe it or not, in that right moment of the energy, you create, it's like going to the altered state of trance. What you actually do is you create a bubble trance energy around about yourself, the client, the bed, if you understand. So that you're completely engrossed within this bubble. But what happens is, is and in that moment, you become a generator. Okay, so you become a generator for the spirit world, for the energy is just correct. And what happens is those in the spirit side of life, although you don't even set out an intention for an operation, but what happens, that allows those in the spirit side of life to connect into you because you are now the generator of that trans energy. Mm-hmm. So what happens is they connect into that energy and then they can do an operation. You're very much aware of it because you're part of it because they're utilizing your energy. And that happens very often with psychic surgery. It happens with trance. And obviously, you know, whatever type of healing you do yourself, if you understand, if you're in that right energy in that right moment and you've just given yourself to what's taking place. And that's exactly what's happened. Yeah, you know, it was so really on. cool. Really cool. Yeah. So I just want to go back a little bit to the trance. Harry Edwards, who is that? Is that a person known in history? Is it a healer out like where you live or is this like a documented healer or person that existed? Harry Edwards was one of the most prolific healers spiritual healers last century huh. uh, in the UK. Oh, yeah, okay. indeed. Yeah. Oh, my goodness me. I have to look he owns the Harry Edwards Healing Sanctuary, which is in the Shear, which is down in England, sorry, in England. Yeah, this gentleman, obviously, you know, there's, he has written an abundance of books, you know, all, all about spiritual healing and all things, but he also was a trans medium. And he uh, he done some wonderful things. Of trying, oh, just the books. I think the books are even fascinating. One of the first books I ever bought, even before I looked at healing, even the sort of mediumship, I remember purchasing a book, I think it was on eBay, and it was a book on healing. I never looked at it. I don't know why I ever bought it, but it was one of his books, you know, obviously with healing. And I remember as I was speaking about that, that situation when I first obviously met him, I went to my home and I thought, I'm going to look at that book. She, and I opened the book and the first page I opened the book, it says, best wishes, Harry. It signed it. See, so I thought, oh my God, so the connection, you know, every, everything was there, you know. But Harry Edwards was, to me, one of the most prolific healers that probably, definitely last century, one of the most sort of talked about. But he, lots of people would come in abundance to see him. I mean, he would work with hundreds of people a day. At one stage, he eventually was working with people. It was The healings were three-minute healings because he had such a volume of people that were coming to, to see him. But he worked in all different parts of the world, I believe, you know, from from Japan to just everywhere. Yeah. I'm very truthful. So it's worth having a look at that. Yeah, definitely will. So let me ask you too. Um, 
So people may come with an ailment, right? They're not feeling well. They want you to do a healing. Now, aren't there other layers of the unconscious mind or maybe part of their soul plan or what the illness is there to teach them? Or maybe even some people may think, I want to be healed, but maybe there's something on the subconscious level that it's serving them for some purpose and they really don't want to totally let go of this illness. Will somebody come to you like that and then the illness reoccur or does is the healing not warranted uh, in some cases? Well, for me, I'm a great believer that the healing will always work, you understand, to a certain degree. Maybe not work to the degree that the person wants, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and there is a little bit in that. If, if, it, if it's your path to come into this world and you go home with a, you know, with a certain condition back to spirit side of life because it's hereditary within your chemical makeup, and there's not really a lot you can do about it. You can help to make it easier, if you understand, for, for, for the person. But if they have to go back, if we take cancer, for instance, and it is hereditary, they are going to go back to the spirit side of life with that cancer. Then you can make that transition easier for them through the healing. So there's not so much pain. They have an understanding. You can connect them into the spirit world. So you can do all these things. So they feel the benefit of it. But if I'm a great believer that quite a lot of things that take place within the physical body is caused through stress. And I'm afraid it's caused through the world and the environment that we live in, okay? And everybody goes through stress. It doesn't matter who you are. I don't, I don't know anybody that doesn't suffer from stress from time to time. Mm-hmm. It just happens. But I think what happens, you see, the physical body is designed that when you have stress and it, and it get on top of you, all these things, it has to release somewhere. So very often what happens is it can release into an organ or something like that to cause a problem within the physical body. But the spirit world has the ability because it's caused through stress, if you understand that they can come forward and sort of reconnect it. So it's like, I suppose it's like, it's like the pendulum of, of a clock. The vibration is not right or, or the timing goes, the pendulum doesn't work correctly. What happens is the spirit world is able to go in and reco- re- re- reconnect the pendulum and make it work properly. Mm-hmm. So I'm a great believer that there's certain things that people will go back to spirit side of life with. Because that's the chosen path. It's within the chemical DNA. And that is the other path. It's, it's quite rightly, as you have said. But there is a certain amount of things that are caused through stress. And I, from the work that I understand and what I see on a daily basis, I know the spirit world has the ability to change things. Yeah. I don't, but they do. Yeah. One of my teachers said there's a difference between healing and curing. And yeah. healing can still happen without the cure. You know, but like mm-hmm. you said, all of those other components to bring more ease, less fear, less oh, side effects, less symptoms. I mean, very often, very often my job is, is very often, sometimes it's about, it's about the, the transition, connecting people to you back home into the spirit world. Right. And I often get called to go, I mean, I don't really talk about it a lot, but I get invited to go to, you know, to certain places, obviously, to, to connect people. And I didn't like it when I first used to do it, if you understand, because, you know, I think here comes the Grim Reaper, you know? Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that's not me. But I understood it's part, it's part of the job, it's part of the healing. It's about, you know, when people, people, people are fearful, when we live in the, in, in, in the physical world here, very often people are fearful, you know, on the transition of death. Okay, you can say, oh, it doesn't bother me. I, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't care, whatever. But when they, when they know they're going or whatever is coming, they do become a little bit fearful of it, mm-hmm. you know? But all we're doing is the spirit world for me is, is a connection into an abundance of unconditional love. Love like the, you, know, you never, ever will feel. I mean, we have love here when we meet a partner and certain things. And, you, know, we, we, you know, we have that flutter in our heart and all that kind of thing. 
But when you're working in the, as a media on those things, when that spirit world comes and they connect, even with the world of trance, and they connect the energy around about you and bring that unconditional love to you, there's no greater feeling than that. It's just something that just, it just connects you. It just, I often say to people, it's the missing part of the jigsaw of my life. Because when it connects, I'm there. You understand? It just feels right. So very on the conditional love, but what happens is very often you'll see people, you know, even like in the living hospital condition, and they're, they're very much aware, they start you know, remembering their loved ones from previous and family members, and mediums very often see sometimes people coming forward from spirit side of life. They know that their, their loved ones are gathering to collect, okay? And it really should be a joyous occasion, you know, because they're going home into the love of the spirit world, because, you know, the spirit, and you know, lives forever. Mm-hmm. So they really, they really should be joyous. And what happens is very often you'll hear people say, well, they seem to disappear, then they come back. But what they're actually doing is they're connecting into the love of the spirit world. And that love of the spirit world draws them. So it really wants to take them, it wants to take them home and they want to go home. Right. But the problem that they have is the loved ones that they leave behind. Because they don't want to leave their daughter, their grandparents, their sons, their husbands, or, you know, their, well, whoever it is, if you understand, you know, their, right. their wives. You don't want to leave that. But the energy of the spirit that will draw them, it pulls them in. So our job sometimes is to connect it to say it's okay. Because once they realize when they're in the spirit side of life, they don't lose us. Mm-hmm. They don't lose being part of our, our world or our life. The only thing that they, uh, we lose is that physical contact or that communication with them. But they have that communication if they want to, because they try to bring it forward to us. And they certainly bring that love and they be in them to be part of our lives. So they understand the more they, they connect into the love of the spirit world, they understand that they can walk through the gateway. They can walk through the veil and be part of our life all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's hard for us because we are the ones that don't want to lose them because we are going to lose that physical contact and we're going to be able to, to miss that picking up the phone and saying, hi, how are you today? Right, right. That's the hard bit, you know, yeah. for, for us. But once I realize what that job entails, it's all part of being of service to the spirit world. Yeah. You know? So how do you work with people? If, if people who are listening and they would like to, you know, meet with you, but they live in the United States, do you do work remotely or is it just all in person? Anybody can talk to myself through, through, my, through my, my website. Is it okay to see my website? Yes, absolutely. Please yeah. do. Okay. It's chrisratterpsychicsurgeon.com. And we do, you know, we do one-to-one t- tutorials. We do lots of online healings, all that kind of thing. We have an absent healing page. There's lots of things, lots of events, lots of places where I'm going. Lots of things. I, believe it or not, I do have, have uh, quite a few people who do come from the United States. Mm-hmm. Even from Australia, to be honest with you, because, you know, when, they, when you're seeking help, people will travel. You'll so go anywhere. Always, yeah, actually, absolutely. But all information of what we do, I'm information in my books. I have two books out. All these kind of things, you can all be found on, on, on my website. Everything is there. You know, if anybody wants to get in touch or send me just a email, you can contact and ask me a question. I don't mind answering. I do always answer the questions. Mm-hmm. Okay, please just don't you know, expect me to answer in the middle of the night. All right. Well, Chris, thank you so much. It was really wonderful speaking with you and having a chance to actually talk about my psychic surgery experience. I think the only other person that I shared that with was my client. So it's kind of nice to talk to somebody that's, you know, doing it. Could I just say one thing, April, just before I disappear? Yeah. There is uh, people out there that are offering to teach psychic surgery. Mm -hmm. Remember what I said earlier on, it has to come from spirit side of life. Only they can teach you. 
Yeah. People can teach you trance, teach how to go deeper, trance healing, trance communication, even they look at the physical, all that kind of thing. But psychic surgery is a gift. Mm-hmm. And it must come from spirit. Okay, so. Good point. Good point. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. And thank you for opening my eyes to giving me a new person to research with the Harry Edward. Is it Edward or Edwards with an S? Edward. Harry Edward. Edward. Harry Edward. Edward. All right. Edward. Harry Edward. I'm coming for you. Go on. I, his name is actually called Henry. That, that That's his name. That's what I actually call him. Mm-hmm. But it took me about a year and a half to eventually call him Henry. It was Henry to his friends. Mm-hmm. Harry Edwards to the public. So. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much. We will put your website in the show notes. And I hope all of you really found this conversation as interesting as I have. And it sounds like Chris is really open to answering any questions, check out his website, see the circles that he has going on. And would love to hear if any of you do get a healing, let me know how it goes. And uh, hopefully you'll never have to use Chris's services, but hopefully not. If you need somebody, now you have somebody. So, all right, Chris. Well, thanks again so much. And thank you all so much for listening. And I'll bring you another guest sometime soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate and review the Path 11 podcast in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, this podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Path 11 TV. Visit path11tv.com to start a seven-day free trial of exclusive video content on consciousness, healing, and life after death. That's path11tv.com. And be sure to use coupon code PODCAST30 to take 30% off your annual membership. Start satisfying your spiritual curiosity with a membership to Path 11 TV today. Bye for now. Bye.